What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. We've got Noel Brown here in the studio with us today. Oh, wait. We don't. Not in the studio. We've got a little uh, switch up in the room. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, Noel's not with us, but he is on the other side of a brand new window that we have in the studio, which is really uh, kind of slick. Yeah, so he's moving on up, you guys. We're, we're cleaning up. We're uh, getting a little more professional. Where's my tie? Yeah, you know no, it feels I mean? like we should be operating in here or something. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we should be. Uh, thankfully, we don't have to. Everybody's fine, and if we were in that situation, I would feel a little guilty because I'm not a doctor. Guilty. Yeah. Ah, I see where you're going here, Ben. Guilty pleasures, right? Right, yes. And no, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, welcome to Car Stuff. We're not saying that it's a guilty pleasure to pretend to be a doctor, but we are saying that guilty pleasures are something that uh, every human being has. You know, maybe it's a kind of food you like, maybe it's... um, Music that you only play when you don't think your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend is going to come in and find you rocking out. Sure, a hobby, something a hobby, like that. Yeah. Could be a hobby. Could be something that you eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be all kinds of things. But uh, one suggestion that we had from a listener, and uh, his name is Jesse. Mm-hmm. Jesse wrote in and said that he would like to hear about guilty pleasure cars. And I thought this was a great idea. I mean, he he wrote in and said. Uh, hi, hi, Ben and Scott. I recently wrote in with the cars of burn notice idea, which, by the way, we haven't really told anybody about. But I mean, that's one of them on our many uh, on our big list of potential yeah. topics. It's I on guess. our queue. Yeah, um, yeah. We did, you know, the cars of Breaking Bad. I mm-hmm. think, and then he said, "Hey, how about the cars of burn notice?" Because that's a good idea. And yes, it was. Um, he says, "I was struck with another idea while listening to the the first cars episode that you guys were just recently recorded too." I'd love to hear what your guilty pleasure cars are, the ones that you, you, you like despite themselves or aren't anything special but have managed to somehow grab you. Yeah. I'm oddly taken with a Trabant. I know it's I know it's reputation, but there's just something about it. I'm also in love with the early 2000 model Grand Am. 
No things. way. Yeah, I guess so. He <laughs> says, thanks for the great show, guys, Jesse. So today, Jesse, we are going to talk about guilty pleasure cars. Um, so cars that, you know, despite feeling guilty about enjoying them or liking them. Right. It, okay, how, how can we best say this? You really like that car? If you were to show up at your friend's house on the weekend driving mm. that vehicle, right. you might be a little bit red in the face the first time that they saw it because they wouldn't expect you to be driving it. Not, not that it's a bad car. Sure. It's just it wouldn't fit with your character for some reason. Your personality. Mm-hmm. Or it could be something like you would love to drive this thing, but you couldn't drive it every day or look somebody in the face if you hit the stoplight. Ah, right? yeah. That, that's, that could be it, too. Yeah, if you're uh, in sitting in traffic and you look over and they're, they're checking out your car and yeah. uh, you're a little bit embarrassed about it. But this one to me, Ben, and I'll tell you, this, I had a little bit of trouble starting my list, but once I started the uh-huh. list, I kind of went with it. And I think... This isn't going to be a particularly long podcast, I nah. don't think. I mean, we'll discuss these a little bit. And I've got uh, a couple of notes here, maybe less than 10, really, that I can think of. Mm-hmm. The problem that I started to realize as I was going through this was that on this show, because of this show, and we've done this for so long, I think I've pretty much come out with all the cars that I, I think I would like and don't like. And I've, I've said my opinions all through mm-hmm. you know the history of the show here. Mm-hmm. So... You know, the ones that, you know, I will, I will say like, oh, I'd, I'd, maybe I'd consider buying that one, but I, I'm kind of outright about it and saying, yeah, I'd drive that one. I don't care. I mean, I like, I like the old boxy cars of the 1980s or 1970s. That's, in fact, that's one of mine right now. I'll just start with that yeah, one. Yeah, jump in. What yeah, is the, it? The, the, like the square shouldered boxy cars of the 1970s and 80s. I haven't made any kind of, uh, bones about it that, yes, if I had, had the opportunity to buy one that was yeah. in good shape and, you know, it was the right vehicle, right time. I would buy one of those, but a lot of people look at them and say, like, why would you buy that pile of crap? You know, it's it's not only is it is it 35 years old at this point or 40 mm-hmm. years old. Well, with 200 plus thousand miles on it. Yeah, exactly. But what what's the appeal of a, of a you know, a square shouldered car, a boxy car versus a, a smooth aerodynamic vehicle, you know, like a modern vehicle? Right. But there's something about it. There's just something about it that grips me that like I see a, you know, a mid 80s um GTI, Volkswagen GTI. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I really like that car. I mean, think about like some of the old the old Datsuns and stuff like that. I mean, you are a Datsun I mean, fan man for sure. Even like Volvos or um old pickup trucks or whatever. Anything that's uh, that's square, I like the shape of it. So, I I can go with you on the pickup trucks, but the boxy cars, especially some of the economy cars of that time, uh to me were very much function over form. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask you, man. Is it? Do you think it's a nostalgia thing? Do you think it's a? Uh... It could be. I, th- I think that always plays into this. I, sure. I think that nostalgia plays into all these choices here. It, it, there's something about that car. Either either you've got a memory that's attached to it, mm-hmm. or um, you know, you, it was something that you maybe aspired to when you were younger. You couldn't afford, you know, the brand new GTI when it came out in the mid 1980s. Yeah. yeah. But you really wanted one. Um, and now looking back, you can afford it, but do you really want that car now? Because there's so much that's better than that at this point. That's a good point. Uh, there's just, there's a lot of ways to look at all of this stuff. And I mean, I guess overall, in, mm-hmm. in my personal life, I'm, I'm a pretty, you know, like a pretty private person. I don't really like come out with a lot of extra information for people. I don't, sure. Yeah. So, so this this was a little tough for me to do this in that way too, in that. I don't know. If it's a guilty pleasure car, like you kind of want to keep that to yourself, but uh, <laughs> right, we, we've got to do a show about it. Yeah, we got to do a show today, and I I didn't want it just to be you know my opinion, so I asked some of my friends and uh, started a few debates here because I think some of uh, some of my guys burned some bridges with each other car wise because 
uh, one of my friends likes Miatas, uh, and there's another friend who secretly, I think, you know, likes Miatas, but he, he rags on them, right? Yeah. And, you know, we, when we, whenever the Miata comes up in our show, we have people who will say like, Hey, those are good cars. Even if we never said they're bad, it's just there's a defensiveness about it. Sure, yeah, there is, and I don't know if it's because they receive a lot of criticism for it, or there's sure. that there's that perception that that's out there. But I, I think overall, I think people really do like that car. I mean, I see them everywhere. Sure. I like them. My yeah. na- my neighbor's got one. I was just talking to him in my driveway last night about his Miata. Yeah, yeah, he's been like rear-ended in his Miata. This you know, 1991 Miata has been rear-ended by like big trucks and stuff like uh-huh. eight times or something Whoa. like that. And he said it's you know it's it's overall still pretty good in pretty good shape. I mean it, he's fixed it every single time. Yeah. He's had the driver's seat reupholstered, uh, but it's got a couple little gremlins here and there. Mm. The only downside to having all those rear end accidents is that he said the the deck lid on the back, you know, the the trunk yeah, uh, yeah. doesn't quite fit exactly right. It's just a little bit off. A little off kilter. Other than that, he said you know one more might do it, but um, <laughs> but but right now it's in perfect shape. The body's nice. It's uh, it's a really good looking car. And, uh, yeah, we do have a lot of fans that like them too. I'll try to separate, uh, the, the things that I personally consider guilty pleasure cars from what my friends do because we, I think you'll also find, guys, when you're making your own list of these, which I hope you do and I hope you send it to us, uh, you'll find that some cars are guilty pleasure cars for different reasons, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of my big ones on a, on a couple levels is, is a Hummer H1. It's just it. It's one of the worst cars to own for where we live, right? Mm-hmm. Just because of the size of it. Now, like one thing about the new place where you and I are working is that parking is a pain in the keister because uh, it's a very old building. The parking is inside the building, and there are these concrete posts every second, large concrete posts, load bearing concrete posts every second parking spot. Oh yes, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's amazing how to you have to navigate through this building. The uh, it's it's an old old style building with uh you know it's for retail and for industrial you know manufacturing yeah. originally like, like a that. rail station yeah something like that but um huge concrete posts I mean giant pillars and uh, in fact there's some in this room right now with us but um we uh when we were navigating through this this garage as you mentioned uh-huh. you have to go outside the building to the ramps that they build on the outside to drive up and down and when you come back inside uh, trying to weave your way through that if you had anything longer I mean. Okay, I was driving that Honda Civic, and yeah. it, that wasn't a particularly long car. Your Monte Carlo is a lot longer than that. Yeah. It's got to be difficult to navigate in and out <laughs> of this place. I mean, it really does. Because I see a lot of cars here that have scrapes on the side from, you know, just getting a little bit too close to the edge of the Already? Pillars. Yes. I've seen several cars that have scrapes uh, on the side. Never that. in that much of a hurry. That's the secret, is never be in that much of a hurry. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, though. It's a, Yeah, this was originally a, a Sears Roebuck for a very long time, and the train line went directly through it, so it had a lot of... Uh, it had a lot of stuff that just cannot be moved due to the way they built this thing. Yeah, it was right? built in the 1920s. Yeah. So, yeah, imagine trying to navigate a Hummer H1 through here. You couldn't here. do it. No, there's just probably no you way. You would have to. There would be. You would only be able to park if there were two spots next to each other. That's the only way you would fit it in. I think you're right. Hummers also get terrible mileage. But, man... It looks so fun to drive. I only like I had been in Humvees before as a kid, mm-hmm. and I and I'll I'll say this like I I totally understand anybody needing a vehicle like that when you're outside of the city, but uh, 
to to have one of those inside the city. It's like, what what are you really doing with it? And it's interesting that you bring this up because I think a few times you have uh, you've had uh, a oh, little yeah. bit of uh, disdain for somebody in, an H, in, in a Hummer. Uh, you know, that was maybe causing a little bit of trouble in, in traffic for you. Yeah. Think, oh, yeah, yeah, past, yeah, yeah. You're you're absolutely right, Scott. I make no bones about it. Look, if you drive a vehicle that is supposed to be able to take a beating and I see you slow down at a speed bump, <laughs> like, that's, I mean, you have lost points. Oh, I don't know. Because, like, okay, so, like, the, the really good off-roaders, you know, when they're doing, uh, and I don't even know how to say this, like, rock right. crawlers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all really slow. Like, it's you don't, you don't like, attack the mountain super fast or anything. You, in right. fact, you creep up the mountain to, to make smart decisions. But they're not on a paved, flat <laughs> surface with a speed bump. Because, you know, it's like, if you get a car like that, I understand, take care of the vehicle, um, which which I would, but... But these are not supposed to be, you know, um, garage babies. I get it. You know what I mean? I really do get it. I understand. So, right. uh, but the, uh, but yeah, Hummer, uh, H1 specifically would be on my, uh, guilty pleasure list. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. You want me to, uh, do, yeah, do yeah. one or two here? How about this? A Chevy Impala SS. Now, I'm talking about the seventh generation, you know, uh-huh. the model year 1994 to about 1996. It's those really Big, I mean, just enormously wide and and long, mm. and usually black. Sometimes I think they were like that black cherry color, maybe you know, like maybe a, not a purple, but almost. Um, now it's it's like a high performance version of the Caprice, mm. and there's a lot of reasons why I like this. Now a lot of people would really like raise their eyebrows if they saw me pull up in it, I guess, because it, <laughs> it's kind of. It, I'm not a huge fan of gigantic cars, really. I like smaller cars right. typically, but as I'm getting older, I kind of like maybe it's a plush ride or whatever, right? A little more comfortable. And so I'm thinking that, you know, maybe when it, if it's done right, you know, it's black, of course, it has to be that way. It has the right tire and wheel combination, which mm-hmm. they did from the factory. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty impressive uh, package altogether when, when they came from the factory. Uh, but they have, you know, this giant throaty V8 engine. You know, I think it's a... I, I do think that it's a it's a 5.7 liter engine. It's only a 350. It was an LT1 engine, mm-hmm. and the if you remember the concept vehicle when it first came out, it was about 1992. They had a 500 cubic inch engine in the concept vehicle. That's right. And then yeah. they downsized it to the 350, yeah. which a lot of people were upset by. But that car is still pretty amazing. And when when it's done right, like if it has if it has the wheels and tires, it has the you know maybe the blacked out windows even. And okay, I'm going with a little you. less chrome than it normally would. Uh-huh. Uh, it can look uh, best way to describe it is like Darth Vader's car. <laughs> it, it can look amazing, really, really cool on the road. And uh, you know, I've seen some others that don't look so great, but mm-hmm. especially now because you know these things have some age on them. Right. But yeah. If it was in pristine condition, you know, like from the factory condition, I would consider driving one of those. And I know that people would say, "What, what are you doing with that car? Why? Why did you choose that?" Yeah, but uh, but you know, again, to each his own, as we always say, right? Right, to each to each his own. I mean, honestly, if I didn't have to pay for it, I would drive around in a lowrider. They seem kind of cool. That's not necessarily lowrider. See, that's the thing. I think you're confusing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm using that as a different example. I'm oh. talking about just a lowrider pickup oh, truck. <laughs> I yeah yeah. I you know see you've got some. What? Well, yeah, because okay, that's the other thing is that yeah. a lot of these cars have been turned into donk cars. Yes, and yeah. I understand the, uh, the 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 attachment there. You know, the the idea that when you see that, you think that. Right, yeah. right, and I, I know you said again. That's what you're saying. Factory, yes, factory. Not not any of the donk mods. Not any drop downs. But the uh, but I'm saying you know I would I would totally drive 
a uh, I would totally drive a, a lowrider pickup truck if I didn't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of my uh, guilty things or worry about reselling it because, buddy, that that uh, price that resale price just plummets if you drop something. You, you know? know, I agree. And we saw we saw a really cool lowrider at that show that we were oh, at yeah, the last yeah, couple yeah. weeks yeah. ago. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the caffeine and octane show. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it was what light blue. Mm-hmm. I think it was an Impala. Of course mm-hmm. it was an Apollo, of right? Of course it was. Of course yeah. it was, yeah. But it was, uh, it was really done well, and I don't know a lot of the details about it or anything because we didn't really, it was raining that day, so we didn't have a chance to really check some right. of that stuff out. But um, it's amazing car. It's beautiful. So you would drive something like that and uh, have no problem with it at all? If I didn't have, <laughs> that's the thing, man. <laughs> if somebody just gave it to me, yeah, of course I would drive it. Uh, because the because it's fun and it looks cool and, mm-hmm. you know, you put the right sound system in it. It's true, and you can't really beat that feeling. It's yeah. you know like how a luxury car kind of has its own feeling. Uh, uh, a drop down uh, pickup, like a light pickup that's dropped and has some uh, has some good sound in it. You can't beat that. You either. know what? I I kind of with you. The thing is, though, I don't know if I'm to the point yet where if I were to drive something like that, like I would show up at a friend's house to pick them up to go out somewhere or something. Like I would, I would enjoy driving that on my own, where right. maybe where no one knows me. But so that is, I guess, it's a true guilty pleasure car, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's one that you're you're kind of uh, hiding out. You're going for a drive in the mountains, but you're not going to go into town in that car. Oh, but that'd be so cool! You really had a Darth Vader car, you know? It, <laughs> it would, would be. It would change the way people uh, <laughs> look at the show in the office for sure. Uh, well, what's next? What other? All right, how about plays? this Volkswagen thing? You remember the Volkswagen thing? Whoa. Now, that's a weird choice, right? That and is a weird choice. And I saw one a couple weeks ago. It was for sale. Okay. It was, uh, inside of the road. It was really crappy, beat up condition. I didn't even stop to look at it, really, but um, mm-hmm. just drove past it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were built from 1968 to about 1983. It was a military vehicle initially. Um, it was also called the Volkswagen Type 181, which is a left-hand drive vehicle, or the Type 182, which is a right-hand drive vehicle. Mm-hmm. And four-door, convertible, two-wheel drive, off-road vehicle, had just a 1.5 or 1.6 liter engine. Um, it shared a lot of the Type 1 Beetle parts uh, and uh, VW Microbus parts. Also, some Carmen Ghia parts were in that vehicle. Cool. I uh, just, I think a floor pan or something like that. It wasn't anything oh, okay. really recognizable. Yeah. Um, overall, I know this car is absurdly ugly. I really do. I get it. I I know that it is. It's kind of uh, it almost has like one of the amphibious vehicle looks to it. You know, yeah, it, it I, seems I, like that. I mean, whoever whomever's charge of naming those uh, eventually gave up and just called it the thing. I, I guess it's it's it, that's how it was marketed here in the U.S. It was sold right. as the the Volkswagen thing in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe they made it until 1983. That's the other part of this whole thing. Yeah, no kidding. Um, it was made in Germany and Mexico, I think, all the way through the early 80s, and I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those cars. It's so ugly that I'm kind of attracted to it in a, in a strange way. <laughs> I mean, it's like you could drive it and and not have to really worry about someone dinging the door or something like that. Or really, I mean, there's it, it seems so practical. Or it really stealing does. it. Or stealing it. That's the other thing. Is like that's a convertible. You could probably leave the top down on and not have to worry about it one bit. Ooh, right? That's a burn. Shots it, fired. I guess. I but. I'm also saying that I kind of like it. It's, yeah. it's an interesting vehicle. I could see kind of hanging out at the beach or something mm-hmm. in this vehicle. Um, if the price was right, it was in the right condition, yeah. maybe someday I'd want to buy one. But again, I would feel so awkward if I were to pull up like the, you know, um, if I were single to pull up and like pick up a date to go out in that vehicle <sighs> or something. I yeah. think that might be a, a deal killer. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. 
someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Yeah, uh, I have I, I have a guilty pleasure thing that, that is similar to those reasons, uh, and it's something that ties in back into our show uh, that we went up to check out, right? Caffeine and Octane. Yeah. And uh, it's something that longtime listeners probably already know about me. You certainly know. I have a secret guilty pleasure dream of having an RV, you know, like – to paraphrase uh, one of the coolest comedians, uh, to live in a van, <laughs> to live in a van or RV down by a river, because uh, you know you, it's a rolling apartment. It's so it's so cool. You could go anywhere and and you still live there. But would this be something I would honestly want to drive? I don't know, man. What, is this something I want to pull up to uh, my friend's house and and get out? And they say, "What happened to your car?" And I say, "Oh no, I'm." I'm an RV man now. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't do that. I'm not one. I'm not a person who, um, you know, oftentimes RVs are associated with retired people, at least in the United States, right? Sure. Yeah. The big luxury coaches, right? Luxury coaches. That's the perfect, uh, that's the perfect phrase. And, uh, you know, I, I have, I, I don't have time to, to gallivant around the continental US. So you would be using it to commute. Yeah, and that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like that's such a that I would have to be in a place where no one knew me because otherwise 
it would be such a dumb thing for me to do. Well, maybe you wouldn't have to commute. Maybe you could just park it outside the building and live in it. Yeah. Like you're, yeah, you're just living it. Yeah. Maybe in the, <laughs> in the guest parking outside the building right. or something. Yeah. Without having to navigate the deck. <laughs> what do you, uh, what's your next one? All right. Here's one. And I don't think anybody will really be surprised by this, but, mm. but it is a guilty pleasure because I would feel a little bit embarrassed. Any micro car. Oh, I'm talking about yeah. micro cars, bubble cars, you know, all that stuff. I can't help it. I just love these small little cars. I'm, They're so neat. I'm fascinated by them. They really yeah. are. But wouldn't you feel a little bit silly if you pulled up in, you know, a tiny car? I mean, a tiny car. Sure. Where the top of your head is at yeah, the yeah. bottom of the door of the car next to you. Micro um, car. Yeah, micro, I mean, it's small, yeah. and I know the whole safety issue and all that stuff that goes along with it, and that's why they're not on the road now and all that. Sure. But, but you would just feel a little bit absurd if you yeah. pulled up to it next to a stoplight and your head is above the windshield of the car you're driving. You feel like a, a clown. Uh, you might feel like yeah. uh, dwarfed mm-hmm. by it. Uh, I had I had a similar car on my list too, man. Uh, for a, a same same kind of reason, which was uh, the Tata Nano, because secretly, and you guys, if you haven't heard our show on this, I know I bring it up all the time, Scott. <laughs> but it's the car is the world's cheapest new car. It's it's so cheap that it cannot legally be sold in the United States. So che- and and when we say cheap, we do mean cheap. Not uh, well, well, it's also not, inexpensive, but yeah, it's also so cheap. cheap. Yeah, there you it's go. It's also in in the uh, insulting or pejorative level of the word. <laughs> it is also cheap uh, because you know you save my and and it is a very small car, mm-hmm. right? So it has some of the advantages of smaller cars, but it is not the car you would want to pull up in. <laughs> anywhere. No, I don't think like, so. I, 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 that's a car you would hide when you park it. You, you probably know, would, and yeah. Walk away and then walk the you rest know, of the there, there are a few cars out there and I can't really name names right now. I'll have to, I'll have to mm. investigate what they are, but there's a few cars out there that have kind of that look to me. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just, it doesn't quite look right on the road. I mean, like maybe a car that didn't quite pass all the safety tests to make it onto, yeah. uh, make it available for U.S. consumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, a car like that. I mean, I've seen a few around, and I don't know if they're experimental, um, you know, electric cars or what they are, but yeah, they well, just have a strange look. Now we are near uh, Tech, of course, Georgia Tech, a uh, great engineering school in our neck of the woods, and they have uh, experimented with prototype vehicles before, so it's not out of bounds or unreasonable to think we could run into them. Could be. Yeah, they might be well marked, though. I mean, I, I'm, sure. I'm wondering. You know, maybe I'm missing the uh, the big decal <laughs> on the side that says, you know, it's a it's a test vehicle or something. But, but still, Tata Nano. Strange, yeah. <laughs> oh, strange one, Ben. All right. What, what do you have? How about this? And this, I think, is, is kind of a polarizing one because I think some people are going to love it. Some people are going to say, well, of course, that's something you would feel a little bit silly pulling up in. Plymouth Prowler. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go paper 
I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Now, I got to frame this the right way because I, I did say it was polarizing, right? Mm-hmm. So some people are going to say, well, that's a fantastic car. What are you talking about? Of course, you should be proud to pull up in that. Not Other me. people are going to say, it does. It kind of looks ridiculous. It's like a caricature almost, right? It's a strange looking vehicle. Yeah, it well, is. They were made in 1997 and then again in 1999 through about 2002. Mm-hmm. And I know it's it, there's an unpopular angle to this whole thing and i don't know why i, I can't figure it out because it's a hot rod that was built for the for the road for, for the people right <laughs> i don't know how to how about how to better say that i know it sounds corny when i say it yeah. like that but it really was it's a it's a plymouth that is a hot rod that you could relatively easy easily afford it's it's it was kind of a toy i guess sure um it wasn't very practical or anything like that but this thing was amazing when it first came out i mean who who else was doing something like the prowler at the time but right. now looking back you know now that it's 2015 would you go back and buy a Plymouth Prowler and and expect to pull up in that and not have people kind of like you know you know bring their head back and raise their eyebrows like what's this guy doing? Well, in a purple I, Prowler. See, here's the thing. You know, I know you and I both love hot rods, right? Sure. And listeners, uh, you have a lot of you have written to us about how you also like hot rods, and maybe I'm being a curmudgeon, man, but I feel like it's kind of Water, watering down what I consider, you know, real old school hot rod stuff. That's true. Uh, so it's, yeah, I, it had a V6, I think, a V6. Mm. It was kind of underpowered. It was yeah. Re- actually, it was really underpowered. Um, it had auto stick and some other features that people didn't quite, you know, yeah, like right didn't at first. Jive with. Yeah, exactly right. So but I know if you want to drive it, drive it. Well, that, see, that, <laughs> that's the way I feel about all these cars, you know, it's a, it's a strange mix. And I, I know it, it's kind of a stretch to put that one on there because I think. I think I'd be proud to drive that one, really. Now that really? I think about it, yeah. I mean, that's a cool car. It really is. I'll, you know, I guess I'm in the same similar place with one other one, and uh, I'll I'll keep this one short. But uh, you know, for a long time, this is a car I actually drove before uh, mid '90s Pontiac Bonnevilles. Mm. Those things are pretty impractical, especially I was a younger driver at the time. But they're like 
studio apartments. It's crazy. I think what I'm ultimately looking for is some kind of mobile apartment. Mm-hmm. But uh Sounds like it. Well, I, I think that's where the wanting to try out an RV came from, although I, I doubt I ever will. Um, the, the Bonneville just had such a relaxing ride, but it was such a, uh, a car for, let's say, a different demographic yeah. than a, uh. It was quiet inside. It probably had a very yeah. soft ride. Right. right? Very, yep. very, very smooth. Very soft. Yep. Very smooth, but it probably also just drank gas. Yes. Yeah. Lots of gasoline. It was not a car for uh, high school, college students. You know, that's not the demographic they were trying to sell these to. No, definitely not. But I bet uh, <laughs> I bet you would look back at, you know, like at a trip you took in that with, with fond memories because it was a, as a, uh, a comfortable trip. Right. I also I got the car from my grandfather. Okay. Let's just, if we're being if we're being if we're going to put all the cards on the table about the demographic of Pontiac Bonnevilles. Come on, guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, they were uh, roughly in, uh, Cadillac in size. Yeah. I mean, roughly. Yeah. Not quite, but, uh, and not all the features and all that stuff. But then again, you know, it's an affordable car. But today, yeah, it is. Um, and it's not, you know, it's far from perfect, but it was a nice ride. Um, but today, if I were to be driving around in one of those, then first thing my friends would say is, you know, like, what, are you retiring? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, did your membership <laughs> come in? I kind of feel the same way about those those really old Cadillacs, you know, the twenty foot long Cadillacs. Oh yeah, yeah, boxy yeah. again, uh-huh, boxy style. Uh-huh. I mean, I I would love to have one. And maybe it is n- nostalgia, you know, because of my grandfather, because he, oh, really? he always had stuff like that. Oh yeah, and uh, in fact, that was his favorite car. I think was a Cadillac, you know, giant one. I can't remember specifically which one. We were trying to talk to him about it recently, but uh, he was yeah. confused on which one is his favorite. Ah. Um, but he had some of those just land yacht type Cadillacs. And smooth ride, just it was so comfortable inside. I took some long trips in those with my grandparents, mm-hmm. and fond memories. Yes, would I want to own one? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. But you know, my friends, if I, if I were to pull up in that, they would yeah. sure give me the uh, you know the uh, Buster chops. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, give me the business. Give you the business. Give me the business about it. Well, it goes with the Cadillac, right? Yeah, it does. All right, sure. All right, here. Um, you know, this one kind of goes along with your uh, your RV just a little bit. Oh yeah, custom van. Now, oh, here's yeah. the thing. I love custom vans. I really do. I think they're mm-hmm. they're pretty neat to look at. I mean, as far as you know, the the way that they were designed in the mm-hmm. nineteen I'm talking like nineteen seventies, early nineteen eighties. Sure. And the ones with you know like the the bubble windows on the back that yeah. were maybe shaped like a heart or like yeah. a uh, I don't know whatever like a diamond. The airbrush, yeah. uh, paint jobs, and the maybe the shag carpet interior. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I love to look at them, and I think it would be kind of cool to drive one. Yeah. However, no way am I pulling up to a friend's house in that. Or if I pull, you know, if I came home with that, what would my wife think about that? You know, or my kid even. My kid might really like it, actually. But, (laughs) you know, let's say that has like an airbrush design on the side. Sure. Like, uh, I don't know, a Harley Davidson with a skeleton on it riding through the gates of hell or something crazy like that, right? Yeah. Something awesome. (laughs) But I I think I would feel ridiculous if I were in traffic and someone looked over and saw me in that. I yeah, just, I would yeah. feel I would feel so out of place because because it, because it, it would be out of place. Now it's 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 a really neat vehicle, sure. But in 2015, it just doesn't fit in. I'm just picturing you uh, doing that, man. You got to at least get an eye patch or something <laughs> so it looks like it fits. But also, you know, the I'll tell you, one of my buddies in high school did manage to do what I thought at the time was the coolest thing ever, which was he got a van. He got an old beat up. Mm-hmm. S- semi-customized 
van. Let's say jury rigged or bootlegged van. Okay. Uh, and he got pulled over all the time. He wasn't a bad guy. Just suspicion. Just, he's a teenager with long hair driving, uh, clearly, uh, a modified van. So I guess they assumed that he was just like had a, had a gang of hippies in the back, and you know? Just profiled, that's all. Well, uh, there's a reason for that kind of profile, but, <laughs> but that's something you would run into if you were driving the, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, skeleton van. Well, or whatever. I mean, let's say, yeah. let's say it's an airbrushed wizard that's holding a, uh, a crystal ball up. Yeah. He's being struck by a lightning bolt. I like and he's this. on a mountaintop with, you know, yeah. long hair flowing behind That's him and everything. Cool. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe the background is like purple or a starry night. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Or you could, <laughs> I, I enjoy this idea of describing these airbrush <laughs> things. Uh, all right. But, um, how about, well, how about this? Yeah. <laughs> how about like a, a herd of, of wild horses just uh-huh. as they, as they, as they romp through the, uh, I guess the barren wasteland of a desert. Yeah. Uh, with maybe the sunset behind them, a little oasis back on the corner. Oh, like in yeah, the corner. yeah, cool. Very cool. Okay, okay, I'll just do one. So what if it's like, what if it's like actually, uh, you or, um, or maybe, maybe it's like, uh, uh, the Hamburglar and he's like on a surfboard, like at the crest of this wave <laughs> and he's playing like a double neck guitar, like wailing on it yeah. and the music notes are going off, right? And then like he's got sunglasses on, but they're kind of down on his nose. So he's like winking at you. I like it. You'd never get pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, I, I, I've got, um, what were we talking about? Yeah. We were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about guilty pleasure cars. It got into, uh, some pretty sick artwork and for guilty pleasure vans. Strange territory. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh I'm pretty much out of uh, line. Okay. Well, have? I've got a few and I'll yeah, just yeah. listen. Just a couple more. Yeah. And then, and then we'll get to the, the real reason we're doing this whole podcast. I okay, guess. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, how about this one? Hmm. Old Volvo station wagons. Like, I mean, the old ones, not yeah. the, not the new ones, because the new ones are pretty darn nice. I mean, they're, uh, sure. They're much sleeker. I, I, yeah, exactly right. And I think this goes back to the, uh, the boxy cars, the seventies and eighties that I still like. I mean, a lot of these, these station wagons were, um, a lot of more sleepers. I mean, they were mm-hmm. fast. These are yeah. fast cars. They would surprise people off the line. I mean, they're really quick. Yeah. Not all of them, but some of them were. Um, actually, almost any old station wagon is something that I would be interested in. Really? Like, uh, like old, you're, are you talking about like the ones where the seats in the back are facing out? Yes. And I'm yeah. talking about big V8 engines, but you know, this, the softest ride, you know, mm-hmm. like no, uh, no, they're not sport, like not, not the sporty ones. Cause there's some that are there, super sporty. There's some I know, sports wagon. I know the, the Volvo, the wagons kind of get into that territory. Yeah. But I mean, in addition to that, even the ones that were just like, you know, the big, I don't know, safari wagons or whatever that had the, uh, you know, the, the fake paneling on the side. And like you said, the rear windows yeah. face backwards and, you know, the, uh, the decks that, that folded below the, uh, um, or I don't know if I'm saying that right. The, uh, the gates, I guess. You know, where the window folded into the gate. And oh, then, yeah, and yeah, then the, yeah. And then the gate folded down below the vehicle. Yeah, that's pretty stuff cool like stuff. like that. I mean, I love those old wagons. I thought they were pretty utilitarian. That's one thing I liked about it was uh, they seemed very well designed. Yeah, lots of glass all the way around. Mm-hmm. I mean, some really interesting features mm-hmm. on those things. And, and I, I just, I really like old station wagons. So I know it's not a popular choice, but, I mean, it would be cool <laughs> to drive one. Um, okay, maybe, how about two more? All right. Vintage buses. No, you were going to say it. If I had an option to buy a vintage bus uh-huh. as kind of a, a weekend vehicle or, you know, maybe uh, in place of an RV like you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, you know, something you could convert into a camper maybe. 
Um, I really like old buses and I, I don't know what it is about them. Like the old bluebird buses. I don't care if it's a tour bus or if it's a city bus or if uh, it's, um, you know, like the streamliner buses from, you know, like the old Greyhound buses. Wow. Yeah. I mean, really old Greyhound buses look amazing. And I've seen a few of these parked in lots outside mm-hmm. of town. You know, like once you get out into the suburbs and just past the suburbs. Yeah. Towards the mountains. You'll see some for sale. Yeah. The people have, you know, acres of property and, you know, it's down in some hollow somewhere mm-hmm. and they've got, you know, a couple of Volkswagens, some old muscle cars, maybe even a Corvette or something up on blocks. And then they've got like, sometimes they'll have one or two buses out there for whatever reason. Either it's a school bus or an old, you know, bluebird bus or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or a tour bus. Some of these things look amazing. I don't know what it is about them, if it's like Art Deco styling or what it is, but they are so cool to look at. I, I don't know if I'd have the patience to restore one, really, because it would cost a lot of money. Everything is exponentially more mm-hmm. when you get something bigger like that. The body work becomes more. Mm-hmm. The interior work becomes more. The mechanicals become more. Yeah. All of that happens. I get it. You but, can buy one, though. You're in the right town for it. Yeah, if you can buy one that's <laughs> restored. You know, oh, okay. maybe by what? Whoa, that's well, way more expensive. Well, it is, yeah. But if you can do it, I mean, yeah. that would be a cool thing to have. I think I did not expect you to say that, man. Really, I held off on saying a bus because I already did like a Bonneville, an RV, and a Hummer. <laughs> so I like I'm. <laughs> I, I don't want to be too much of a stereotype. Some of these are big. Some of these yeah, are yeah. big vehicles. All right, so here's one that's not big, but definitely not popular: the Ford Edsel. I would drive a Ford Edsel if what? I had to. I would. If I had the opportunity to, to drive a Ford Edsel, I would. And now, there's one that I posted on our Facebook page I a while that. back. Yeah, it was yeah. a green one. Yeah. Fantastic. It was That's beautiful, beautiful. Very nice car. It was well done. Like, it was it was redone. It looked like it had been made into somewhat of a hot rod, but mm-hmm. not exactly. I mean, it was mostly stock. Um, but if I had a chance to, to own a 1958 to 1960 Edsel, it doesn't matter, you know, what what uh what make it was or okay. what type what type of vessel it was sure. i think there were a few there's a ranger and something mm-hmm. else um i don't think i'd have a problem driving that because you know you can fix anything that was wrong with it back then now you can take care of those problems that's true i think the main problem with those things i mean now i know that there were some manufacturing problems and they were they were there was poor quality and all that but i think that they had some um they had some marketing issues with that car, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was the main problem with that thing. People were expecting so much out of the car. Yeah, the hype killed it. And then it just didn't deliver. Right. And I think that was the, the main problem with the Ford Edsel back then. But now I don't think you'd have to deal with any of that stuff. I mean, I think you can have all that corrected mm-hmm. if you go to the right shop and have it taken care of or if you know how to do that yourself. Yeah, Ford Edsel, huh, I, I would. I would. I would drive. <laughs> I, would, I would ride around in an Edsel. I think it's a cool-looking vehicle. Yeah, it's a cool-looking vehicle. The good news is that you'd only, if you decided that would be your daily driver, you wouldn't have to drive it very long. I guess so. I mean, you'd still, you still would get, you know, the uh, the raised eyebrows, you know, because you know the <laughs> right. quality issue, and, and that's just the stigma that's attached but, to that vehicle. I mean, like you said, if you take care of it, though, those uh, those side eyes would turn into nods of appreciation very quickly. Because I agree, the the green one you put up, that's a that's a great example, but. Scott, there's an ulterior motive here. What's the real reason we're doing this show? Well, I want listeners to write in with their guilty pleasure cars. And I mean anything and everything. So mm-hmm. so please would love to hear from you because you know we've given you just a few here as a sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh you know Jesse wrote in with with his and you know it was uh you know the Trabant, the Trabant. and uh of course the the 2000s model Grand Am. Mm-hmm. Um again, Anything, anything goes here. So just whatever you like, whatever, um, following the description, you know, that's something that you would, uh, maybe feel a little bit of guilt for enjoying it. Right. Yeah. Whether that is some kind of, 
uh, concern about embarrassing yourself, whether it's something that's totally different from your personality or whether it's something that you have like uh, financial concerns about, like, oh, it's too much money or it's a POC, uh, so it'll crash or something, you know? Yeah, or like you're, you're a young kid, but you like some of these older, like, um, you know, very stately cars, mm-hmm. like maybe a luxury car of some kind. Yeah. Not a luxury sports car, but I mean like a luxury car that uh, that was totally out of your character. Yeah. Write in, let us know, uh, extra points for pictures. Uh, you can also post these on our Facebook and Twitter where we are Car Stuff HSW. That's also, coincidentally, where you can find that Edsel picture we're talking about. Uh, if you want to listen to every podcast we have ever, ever done, check out carstuffshow.com. And if you want to write to us directly, hey, we're on the internet. Our address is carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.